I don't want to be doing this stream. You don't want me doing, oh yes, you do. You've been asking, people are already asking me, do I have any thoughts on the rings of power? Well, a little few, only the ones that I can, of course, glean from reading the Dark Herald's reviews on Arkhaven and averting my eyes when the trailers go past and noticing the endless comments that are showing up. Okay, so I guess I have from the social media, from the reviews, from the trailers that I seem not to have been able to avoid, a few opinions which I will share with you tonight on the Mosaic Arc. Do we have to, you, we have to do this one, don't we? Do we really have to do this one? We do. Oh, no. I, I don't want to. Do you want to? Do you want, do you want to talk about, I don't know, a show you haven't seen? Have you been watching yet? No, no. I, I've been told not to hate watch. We're all boycotting it. However, I did see snippets passing somebody else's device <laughs> as they were watching it. Well, I I don't want. So I saw it by osmosis. Yeah, it, it's 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 watching. it's clearly one of those events, right? We can't miss it because mm -hmm. clearly it's 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 one of those. And and the thing is, I actually like Amazon Prime. I mean, I watch a lot of videos there, yes. so I you know I I don't want to support something that I'm probably gonna be really mad about if I watch. But on the other hand, yeah. I'm I'm kind of supposed to know about Tolkien stuff, but is it actually Tolkien? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it? Can it be Tolkien if, as we know from the Dark Herald's excellent reviews, and I, I can say this now having met said Herald in person at BaseCon this past weekend, so I know he's a real person. Um, I, I, he's, he's, re, he's watching so we don't have to. And the kinds of things that he's noticing, being a true Tolkien fan and knowing the Legendarium and knowing things like, well, guess what? Val Galadriel cannot go to Valinor during the Second Age. Will not happen. Cannot happen. Is out, I mean, so far out of the canon that it's a completely different story. So maybe we don't have to watch because it's not actually Tolkien's story. <laughs> okay, so they've... They've completely wrecked the narrative then. So it's not just a rumor. Well, I, again, I'm relying on the Dark Herald's tale here, but it, the, the mage, I, what I can tell, in fact, from the trailers, if in fact 
she goes to Valinor during the Second Age. This is already outside canon, and 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 we can simply ignore it as is not part of Tolkien's vision. Shall I shall I narrate exactly why that is, just to get it out of the way? I think you should. I think we need the lore. Oh, okay. So the lore, the lore. And I, I will say, <laughs> those watching on Unauthorized, I did a whole episode on Galadriel. It's like, let me see, it's like episode 37, The White Lady. Although after I read Holly Ordway's book on Tolkien's sources, medieval and modern, I uh, I had to like, or modern sources, I had to revise. And I think I talk about that in one of later episodes, how mm, Gladriel's probably modeled not just on the Virgin Mary, which is what Tolkien said in his letters. Uh, he was writing to one of his Catholic friends. So yeah, he was he's going to say, yes, she's modeled on Our Lady. Um, he probably also is modeling on her on the demonic she of a Trider Haggard's African story. So your mileage may be, <laughs> but she's she's clearly this white lady who's lived um, for a very long time. And she, in in Ryder Haggard's story, um, the protagonist Aisha is, has has managed to murder her lover and is waiting for him to be reincarnated and come back. I don't know whether Gladriel's like that or not. However, <laughs> I have some notes so that I don't mess up the lore. Right um, in the Silmarillion. It's very clearly um, given that Galadriel is the daughter of Finarfin and the sister of Fenrod Felagund. Now, Dark Herald goes into some details about how, how and when Morgoth manages to kill Finrod. That doesn't work in the, in the, uh, the story. But um, what the, the, the Rings of Power may have slightly accurate is that Galadriel is, in fact, one of the leaders of the rebellion against the Valar in the First Age. She follows she and her brother follow Feanor back into Middle-earth away from the Blessed Realm. Are we getting all this? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> when Morgoth, uh, with the help of Ungoliant, kills the trees in order to steal the Silmarils. Again, Dark Herald has given some details about how the Silmarils don't really show up in the Rings of Power because, oh, right, they didn't have the rights to the Silmarillion. All they have are the rights to the appendices in the Lord of the Rings in which a precy of some of this first age uh, narrative appears. And so because they don't have the rights to the actual Silmarillion, maybe that we can, well, no, we can't, we can't give them a pass for not following the canon because they clearly want to be making something that refers to the canon, but they can't because they don't have the rights to it. Okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. So she contract law strikes again. Yes, well, I, it you know it makes you wonder. It's like why not just do something with elves? I mean, mm. you got Dungeons and Dragons, you got elves, you got orcs, you got trolls, you got dwarves. There, <laughs> there is a question why we particularly needed this to be the Lord of the Rings. In, in, in mm -hmm. other words, they're just sort of coasting off of what they hope is the attention that this will get but surely it's 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 amazon it's elves it's going to be enough why do we need galadriel anyway um so she is one of the leaders of the rebellion against the valar um she um goes with fanor although tolkien makes sure i think he's back backtracking in his letters it's like the last letter in the collection he he makes sure to say at no point was galadriel stained with uh, well, just like stain, what kind of stain would she have? Um, she had committed no evil deeds. 
which I that this is writing in August 1973, and I, I think a lot of what happens in Tolkien's letters is his fans start asking him questions about the backstory, and he realizes he hasn't really made it totally clear, <laughs> even in his own mind. Mm-hmm. Because why would you? He's writing, you know, he's writing a story that has its own resonances. For example, with the thing about oh, it's really Galadriel. Galadriel is really the Virgin Mary. No, it's actually she, which he never said, but it really is if you look at what. Writer Haggard, how Ryder Haggard describes Aisha. Um, in the Silmarillion itself, Gladriel clearly goes against the Valar to go back to Middle Earth. I mean, that that in itself should be evil enough. It's evil enough for her to get banned uh, by uh, Mandos to, um, about coming back. But she committed no evil deed. She was an enemy of Feanor. Mm. This this is a letter to Lord Halsbury in August nineteen seventy three. Um, she did not reach Middle Earth with the other Noldor, but independently. Okay, Tolkien himself is going against his own canon <laughs> at certain points. I think because he's he needs he likes his characters. He doesn't he doesn't want to have them be disliked. Um, and I I think that is uh, sort of against his own legendary because he had actually said in the Silmarillion. This is when she 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 um she didn't swear any oaths and therefore she's not bound by the same kind of oath-taking that Feanor is, but no oath she swore, but the words of Feanor concerning Middle-earth had kindled in her heart, for she yearned to see the wide, unguarded lands and to rule there a realm at her own will. Now, if you know anything about Tolkien, you know at her her own will is going to be problematic. So he he mm. kind of sets her up and then later says, oh no, she didn't do anything. Um... She she um spends time um in Doriath and there and this this I think I di- I didn't notice the Dark Herald pointing this out but it's going to be a real problem in Rings of Power if like she has some kind of romantic fling with Sauron because oh, of course it's set up because he's the bad boy and he's kind of handsome and who knows she's married <laughs> and and that and then specifically she's married to Celeborn of Doriath in the first age so again throughout the second age there is zero way. She's going to be the character that she appears to be in already in the first three episodes of of the Rings of Power, which is unmarried or unencumbered or not really mentioning the mm-hmm. fact that she's married to Celeborn. Um, uh, she also Jesus. go ahead. Strong, independent female. Strong, strong, <laughs> independent female. Very mm-hmm. curiously. Okay, so the 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 that. Um, in his letters, Tolkien did, you realize I did do my research so that we could get this part out of the way. Um, he, he explains in a letter, this is a letter from, it's a long letter. Doop, doop, doop. This is one of those that the fan, oh, Mr. Rang, drafts her letter to Mr. Rang, August 1967. He, he, he got the, he would get these letters from his fans and then he'd try to answer all the questions. And um, with this one, he explains, um, that Galadriel specifically, after Arendel goes and pleads with the Valar for help against Morgoth, so this is the end of the First Age, Galadriel um, is one of the few of the exiles who is not allowed to return. So in the Rings of Power, she's not in Valinor, which is, this is why. Um, 
the exiles were allowed to return, save for a few chief actors in the rebellion, of whom at the time of the Lord of the Rings, only Gladriel remained. And um, he makes a footnote to himself that this this is actually in the Lord of the Rings in her lament um, uh, in Lorien, because she believed at that point that this in the fellowship that she's going to be exiled forever because she doesn't she doesn't think that she's going to be able to go back um he softens this a little bit a little later um by january 1971 a letter to myth ruth ruth austin um who has been clearly talking to him about galadriel and he says to her i was particularly interested in your remarks about galadriel i think it is true that i owe much of this character to christian and catholic teaching and imagination about mary Again, he's, I mean, he so wants to, he so wants her to be like Mary. But actually, Galadriel was a penitent. In her youth, a leader in the rebellion against the Valar, the angelic guardians, at the end of the first age, she proudly refused forgiveness or permission to return. She was pardoned because of her resistance to the final and overwhelming temptation to take the ring for herself. And that's the that's the canon that the Dark Herald refers to in his first review on Arkhaven, which you all should watch, uh, read after I link it, uh, that any t if, if the Rings of Power send her to Valinor at all, which they clearly have already in the first episode, because otherwise the Dark Herald wouldn't be talking about it, she can't go back. Uh, the entire premise of her character in The Fellowship of the Ring and then in The Return of the King and, and following is she is willingly still in Middle-earth and has not been able to return so anything that you plot for her being able to go back to valinor and rouse troops or something like that is already out of canon so she's a penitent yes okay so why have they done this <laughs> well the apart from the obvious that it's going to make them money or it might not depending uh, well, how is it going to make the money? I think that's the the interesting problem that they are taking over in a story property. And and I've already I I can't remember in what context I've said this. Was it when we were talking? I I I've realized I've been on camera too much, and I'm forgetting when I've said things. I may have <laughs> said I uh, I I'm not um, overly bothered by this idea of appropriation of stories. I mean that that mm -hmm. we can't. We can't get too wound up about because all you know fan fiction is constantly doing that you can you can say i would do better at maintaining the the characters that this particular author has created but for example in the arthurian legends i mean there's lots of different variants on even arthur and lancelot and guinevere the the main characters it's it, i don't think it's a crime against storytelling as such to transform them in, in your own in your own to your own liking so that isn't my problem, if anybody's wondering. But but I do I I I I'm having problems with some other things, which is making me want to resist helping Amazon make any money off of this particular version of the story. Because I've been having arguments with a few people the last couple of days about appropriating stories. Oh, yeah? In, in, yeah, in particular the the um. The remake of The Little Mermaid. Oh, that's an okay. Tell us I about made, that one. I made yeah. a lot of well, I made a lot of noise about uh, the the appropriation of uh, 
stories in general by Disney. Do you, do you think appropriation so is actually a thing? Is that, is that a meaningful problem? Um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we, just, we just lost our audience. Please tell us. <laughs> well, well, in this particular discussion, it was about whether or not Disney's rendition of The Little Mermaid was sacred and untouchable and could never be done again. Mm. And I argued that uh, Disney is doing what it's always done, which is take stories from other cultures and uh, fashion them and Disneyfy them. Mm -hmm. Which Tolkien, Tolkien doing was that, worried about. He didn't want his own dwarves Disneyfied. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think that has a lot more to do with the the person who is doing the storytelling or who is doing the remake mm. because in this sense the the horror of the the european fairy tale was taken out for for the most part in the in the disneyfication process and also possibly uh the morality behind the morality tale so uh <laughs> mindy's gonna kill me but um <laughs> I uh, yeah, I my argument is that uh, American the American uh, Disney storytelling machine is doing what it's always done, which is just remaking other people's stories. Mm. And I was trying to ask everybody what exactly is the American story, uh, because The Little Mermaid isn't; it's Danish. And so uh, a couple of people put their hands up, and everyone said, "Okay, so the the Disney princess that is American, she is Pocahontas." I said, yes, okay. So even with that uh, uh, narrative, they've taken from something that happened and still uh, changed it. So this process of taking something and changing it is happening all the mm -hmm. time. So it doesn't really bother me that much, but I know everyone's very very upset well, so, by the remaking process. I mean, it, I think I mean, we do obviously have some questions about the Galadriel yes. that we've seen in the trailers. Yes. Um, but is, is it, is it the, the appropriation as such? I mean, taking a story and, and retelling it and making it more in the, the, the argument that one wants to make of the story. That do we do we do are we are we at that level of oh my gosh you know it was wrong for Amazon to buy buy this property at all. Well, they've changed something which people perceive as sacred. Well, I mean, I like I'm happy that stories seem sacred. <laughs> I <Yeah>. mean, really, <laughs> who who changes stories and rewrites them? And oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> makes the bad guy into the good guy. Who would do that? Tim Rice mm -hmm. and and what's a Jesus Christ superstar? I, <laughs> I, I it kind of happens a lot. Yes, yes. yes. It does. Okay. So are does are we are we is is it this the appropriation as such that's the problem? That's the that's a great question. It doesn't seem to be the problem. The problem is the changing of the meaning behind the story. Well, okay. in this case, no, I, the thing is, I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure I mind the changing of the meaning behind the story. I'm mad about okay. bad storytelling, just okay. full stop. And, and just therefore trash. Yeah. The, if they, if they were making, and, and, and that is what I'd actually like to 
mull over exactly you know they are changing the story it's already feeling at least it's it's upset you know some reviewers it's it's certainly upset a lot of the rotten tomatoes fans mm-hmm. um i've i've seen you know review there was a first things review that was saying oh but it, you know it's it's tapping into the transcendental and therefore uh the the rings of power is probably actually you know, doing what Tolkien would have wanted to do with his stories. I think in the long run, worrying about whether we're doing what Tolkien would have wanted to do with his stories is uh, irrelevant. Okay. So why is this upsetting? Why is this upsetting to me? Mm-hmm. Is, is it upsetting to, 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 the it... Tolkien, to, the, to the Tolkien fans? Why has this particular uh, telling upset everybody especially with galadriel what What have they done i well the thing i've I've seen most people talking about is not galadriel but the the casting of of different huge people Mm -hmm. (laughs) into into the into the character groups that you know may or may not have been tawny skinned in in the story which again i i consider curious and kind of irrelevant in the in the concerns that people are having i mean in in the sense that uh yeah it's it's sort of i i almost that it's like that the casting was designed to signal one thing which people are obviously picking up on and saying oh well we're, we're meant to worry about this being a story that was meant to be set in this period in um you know english prehistory that is mythological and yet you know inaccessible through some kind of imaginative exercise and therefore it's as nonsensical as putting you know ray fines in a movie about an african kingdom or something mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay okay that's that's you could say that but again i think i think it's it the, people can get distracted with the 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 shiny and miss the miss the thing that is actually going on in the the retelling. So, so they're worrying about aesthetic changes instead of the uh, the deeper change, which I, isn't Hugh, which isn't Galadriel's case. Is, well, no, she she. <laughs> I, we actually, I can sh- I can show people what she looks like. Here she is in in her appearance in the in the well, at least in some of the trailers, and she ha- um, has a very metallic costume <laughs> mm-hmm. which is the one thing that i'm thinking about it's like it seems to me that the entire point of this amazon series is to put galadriel in armor at i at, at as far as i can tell that i mean clearly they put this in the in the early release photography so we need to show galadriel in armor that's what i that's what i'm curious about that's what i really wonder what's up about which is a much bigger uh change than changing the skin tones of some hobbits or pre-hobbits right this is a this is a fundamental change in the character well so again i'm not entirely sure because she i mean she does go with fanor and and the others and you can see tolkien hedging one way and the other about how much she participates in he he he's he's quite insistent that she never kills anybody she ne- she had never mm-hmm. done any evil deed oh no he says she'd ne- never done any evil deed it's not clear whether she ever killed anybody um 
it's it's certainly you know in the realm of possibility he has he has elf women fighting at at various times in his stories and he and he later in his meditations on the the roles of the elf men and women says you know the women would would you know fight when when necessary so it's not like he never imagined his characters having that kind of that kind of role okay so if the if the elves have been fighting if elf ladies have been fighting why is this scene is so subversive to have galadriel in armor well indeed indeed i mean i think i think one of the things that the I mean, it, it, come on! It is a it is a production company called Amazon. They're going to make women warriors. <laughs> <laughs> what I I mean this I, it it's it's like with the different hued you know hobbits. Um, mm -hmm. Exactly why? And th this is actually where I'm getting at, right? Exactly why do they think that this is going to be such a, a show stealer? Look, she's in armor. I say this. I say this as a fencer. She's, you know, why do you carry? Why would you carry your sword on your back like that? I never understand that. You cannot draw from that position. <laughs> I mean, the the, the 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 sort of ways in which fantasy fighters are supposed to be a wielding these weapons. And one that that sword. I mean, I've done a bit, little bit of sword practice with broadswords in like the the martial arts, uh, historic martial arts training. They're heavy. Uh -huh. This woman, this this girly that's that's in this picture, the actress there. There's no way she's wielding that sword. I I, I doubt it, unless it's some kind of magic elf metal or dwarvish. Maybe it's mithril. Who knows? It, it's magically lighter than I don't know my my sting here. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't made a very. They haven't made a buff Galadriel. No, they forgot. They forgot to Hulk her up. They they mm -hmm. they you know do do and this this is actually it's like. The, the thing they need most is for Galadriel to be the lead character in battling against Sauron. Now, again, within Tolkien's Legendarium, there is a female character who literally does that, which they don't mm. have the rights to make. It's it, and it's 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 literally the female character elf modeled after Tolkien's own wife. <laughs> So if they had the rise of Silmarillion, they—I don't know whether they'd be putting Luthien in armor or not. She did. She had. She actually has a better way of of dealing with Sauron because it's actually Morgoth. I mean, with Sauron too, she manages to um, uh, outwit him, and then she manages to overcome Morgoth by dancing for him and putting him to sleep. And she also has the help of a dog, the the hound of the hound of heaven that that is helping her. In fact. Um, so, you know, Tolkien's perfectly capable of writing, oh, shall we say the word strong female characters yes. who Eowyn yes. literally kills the dragon, the, 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 the wraith, the wraith, the mount to the writer. I mean, it's like, I, I did an episode on that one and did I do an episode on that one yet? I don't know. That always comes up in my class, right? Eowyn in the, the, um, the battle, uh, it before Gondor is the only character in the Lord of the Rings to kill a dragon. I mean, hmm. Bard gets to do it in, in The Hobbit, but in The Lord of the Rings, Eowyn is the one that literally kills the dragon. Uh, Mary kill, um, stabs the ringwraith, but she kills its its mount. So, I... so he's, not a, he's not opposed <laughs> to depicting warrior women. Apparently not. 
I mean, this, <laughs> no, this is what's so funny about the whole thing. It's like we've we've got to make as we should as we say a woke lord of the rings because amazon yep. amazon certainly can't you know simply make tolkien story and give the characters all of the restrictions that they they are actually laboring under like galadriel's too proud uh to be allowed to return to valinor because guess what she you know stubbornly stood out in, in her rebellion against the valar and wanted to keep her own kingdom it, it it's interesting that they have to meddle with the story in the first place because tolkien was marvelously capable of writing these these valiant women in his stories so what's the difference between tolkien's vision of a valiant woman mm. versus amazon's vision i think this is the key here the difference between the two because obviously no one's angry that eowyn is run, you know riding on her horse and uh slaying dragons but this galadriel in armor seems to be very irritating kind of heresy of Tolkien's vision of what valiant women look like. Mm. Well, I'm irritated. I'm, I'm irritated, but, but not because he's put, I mean, it's sort of, they have to put her in armor because they think it's edgy. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Jeff Bezos and, and, and company, it's less edgy than you think it is. Or maybe, or maybe, <laughs> <laughs> it's edgy in a way that you don't real. I mean, I, it's like the, the, it, it's so funny because we have Tolkien over and over and over again insisting that uh, Galadriel is modeled on the Virgin Mary, which oh, you know, mm. everybody knows that the Virgin Mary is a complete wimp, right? Who who? <laughs> why would you possibly have been spending any time with you? <laughs> Well, okay, that's kind the of a, goal of five that's, minutes. That's that's our that's our own like spoiler him. alert, right? You know, you know what you know. Our the late Our Lady does terrible as the ordered ranks of an army. Quote the Song of Songs in front of oh I don't know Constantinople. Oh I don't know several times right? mm. <laughs> that she is in fact considered the defender of the city, and the the Constantinopolitans will march around the walls of the city carrying her icon expecting her to drive back the avars and the arabs and who knows who else mm -hmm. yeah okay so that you know problem possibly 1571 pray the rosary get the you know drive off the ottoman turks it could be could it be <laughs> that tolkien in his imagining galadriel as a virgin mary character already had a warrior image in mm -hmm. mind he doesn't say <laughs> But he had plenty of inspiration if it was the case. Well, the 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 Theotokos is not seen as a, a helpless in in Christendom, correct? Not not at all, not at all. Mm -hmm. I I I'm wondering. So I I I think I've I managed not to to uh, log into the chat in the right way. But we say, like, oh look, Casey's already figured it out. But if I read that out loud, then you guys won't say. Galadriel said, Casey asks, is Galadriel meant to look like, dun, 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 Joan of Arc? Could it be? Well, <laughs> I find that their armor looks very, very similar. The armor that the uh, producer, uh, the costumers in Rings of Power have put Galadriel in for whatever scene that's in, in the, in the, in the trailer, is strikingly similar to the one medieval portrait that we have of Joan of Arc in her armor. Mm hmm. What do we make of that? 
So many things. What do you make? What do you make of it now that I've led you down this little path here? I, I so I put it. I I put the same image in the cover to the video, so you all have seen it already if you've if you've looked at it. But put these two side to side. Put you put Joan of Arc and Galadriel side to side in their armor. And how edgy and woke are you feeling now? I mean, this is. I know what Amazon is trying to do. I think it's you know it's trying to appeal to who knows what non mm -hmm. i i don't is it a non-christian audience is it a christian audience maybe the first things that the first things review is secretly you know is is in fact on the right track and the amazon is secretly making a christian series <laughs> now wouldn't that be delightful <laughs> amazon secretly plots to retake concept amazon secretly plots. <laughs> that would be pretty base um Unfortunately, I don't think Jeff Bezos is committed to Christendom that much. Could it could it get him any in spite of himself? I mean, that would that would be quite ironic. Yes, that happened. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be lovely? Mm. He was saying, okay, so to, uh, the stones cry out. The stones cry out. Well, it, there, mm -hmm. there is there is the the reality that many people read Tolkien. I mean, Catholics read him and yes. say, oh, it's all Catholic. He, he, Catholics that wrote to him kept saying, oh, I see the Virgin Mary and your Lady Gladriel. And he's like, oh, yes, of course she is. But she's, of course, a penitent. Um, and and then non-Catholics or non-Christians read the Lord of the Rings and say, oh, phooey. I, in fact, and this this was in the little talk that I gave at BaseCon this weekend that, that um, the Dark Herald actually heard, so we'll, we'll see whether this shows up in any of his reflections, um, that I was asked by the College Fix to reflect on uh, some titles from the recent Oxenmoot conference that was held a week or so ago in Oxford about Tolkien. And one of them, Professor Robin Reed, was saying the alt-right religious appropriation of Tolkien which is mm -hmm. pretty hilarious. It's like the alt-right religious appropriation, what could she possibly mean? We don't have enough women in armor in in the religious right. Wait, which which side's Joan of Arc on? Is she Christian? Christian and very monarchist, and very clearly. very monarchist her indeed. Entire, her her entire mission was to restore <laughs> France under the direct rule of a French Catholic king. I hmm. mean, it doesn't get more. Uh, right wing than that does it well i don't i've i've really lost track of which wing is which anymore right they they, they as yes. uh, you know as we say they're the wing they're two wings of the same bird whichever bird that yes, is um but yes okay so joan of arc has the prestige of being burned as a witch by the english or technically by the burgundians yes. who were in league with the english at this point because the burgundians are rebellious against the king of france who Joan has helped get anointed, but not crowned because the, the English still have possession of the crown or the Burgundians do. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The, the, Joan's whole point is to help restore Charles VII to his rightful place as the King of France. And it's for that reason that she dons armor in order to help him lift the siege of Orléans, among other things. Yes. But she's not donning armor as a direct combatant this is joan of arc well from my memory of the saint's life she was uh she was instructed to cross-dress for a different reason than to actually go out and kill englishmen 
it is it is true that in her in her rehabilitation trial in the in the act in the the trial for heresy which is what she was technically tried for um mm-hmm. uh they they press her on things like where did the sword come from and so forth uh in in a rehabilitation trial when she's dead um her her men testified to the to the fact that you know she 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 was with them in the field in the military field um and commanded them but she's not it, it and she did bear the sword into battle but she didn't she didn't kill anybody as far as anybody remembered yes. so it's more symbolic so, she, so it was a, a a kind of uh a holy theatrics of seeing a, a young peasant girl leading an army dressed as a soldier mm. as a kind of way of uh inspiring the men to keep going but not necessarily as an inversion of her uh virtue uh in the sense that she wasn't actually uh inverted and transformed into a fake man and expected to to I don't know if this is making any sense, but you know, she she wasn't expected to go to the front lines and slay uh, a foreign army and uh, and just behave as a as a combat soldier. It was a kind of it was a, a different calling in that sense, sort of. I mean, so we, what okay. we know from the reviews <laughs> is that mm-hmm. Galadriel does manage to kill a cave troll fairly early on very very expeditiously we don't know that mm-hmm. Joan of Arc had to kill any cave trolls I think okay. likely <laughs> <laughs> um it it does seem that Joan was seen in in the sort of forefront of battle I mean she's there symbolic as you say symbolically a great deal was made in her trial by the Burgundians um that she had been given women's clothes to wear in prison and then changed back into her men's clothes and the they, they I mean they press on it and it, it's one of these you know it, perennial mysteries in the the scholarship discussion exactly what was the problem with her wearing men's clothes what was so mm. and, and not just the armor but just you know men's clothes as such not a dress um what what was it that was so problematic and but because you know she's being tried basically as a an enemy of the not an enemy of the state of a threat to the state uh, to the to the Burgundians and to the English, I'm never sure whether why they're bringing it up because it's it, it they're trying desperately to figure out some way to get her on something, and and the clothing just seems to be the thing that she's most stubborn about. So it's like trialing someone uh, over a parking ticket. Maybe, or it was actually that that um, problematic and transgressive in the, in the period, and they were that bothered. It, it's mm. it's kind of hard to say. What what is clear though from her rehabilitation when Charles is now king and he's kind of embarrassed not to have supported her better, uh, that her men followed her willingly. And and they a number of them testify that she was a good commander, and and that mm-hmm. she kept good discipline in the field, and that they are there. I mean, t- to to think of her as a as general, or as a I mean, just as a commander, and and Charles in the midst of the 
the time when she's fighting does ennoble her in in the image of her in armor she's shown with a banner and um it one of the things that came up at the trial is the first trial is oh she was she was captured because she was wearing a, a golden cape don't wear capes if you're a superhero uh, uh that she was she was pulled back <laughs> it always with, ends badly with it, capes. it always ends badly <laughs> with capes that she um she had that she was a peasant born as a peasant but she had that right to wear that that cloth of gold because she had been ennobled by by charles um he then withdrew support from her and didn't send her reinforcements when she was in behind enemy lines and things like that so charles is not actually doing the great job at recognizing her you know spiritual support <laughs> while mm -hmm. she's alive and it, it is interesting when she's rehabilitated that the men so again it's like that there's this fantasy version of oh i don't know history that claims one will say uh, th these various fantasy versions of history that we're now digging down to the root of why i think amazon's off off the off the it, on the wrong track of what it wants to do is yeah. like challenge the 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 dominant narrative of any way um one we have the virgin mary uh, understood throughout the middle ages is a great battle commander in in the sense of you know there's a line in the song of songs that she used to describe her as terrible as the ordered ranks of the army and she is recognized as leading armies particularly in defensive cities like constantinople and chart um so that's not that's not the problem that we are told it's supposed to be um neither it, in in Joan's rehabilitation is it at all clear that it was a you know the problem that the english and the burgundians wanted to make it that she was leading these these um soldiers they don't seem to have been as bothered by it i mean there, there's plenty of women in the middle ages that are recognized as lords that they're widows and and hold hold um there are no queens um except for one in the english in the english tradition uh the empress matilda who actually you know has commands armies against her cousin stephen when they're in competition for the succession in the 12th century so it, there, there's a lot of fantasy version of like what was permitted women in 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 the past like whether they mm -hmm. whether they go into battle whether they be commanders whether they be recognized as leaders so this is interesting because a lot of people, excuse me, I'm going to move my jumper. Um, a lot of people are uh, incensed because they think what's going on now is uh, the the wokists are trying to smash the patriarchy with Tolkien. Ooh. So, uh, and and also this kind of uh, masculinization or whatever, like making making feminine characters more manly and giving them more traditionally masculine roles like leading armies but from from what you're saying this was a uh old europe medieval europe had much more fluidity in terms of what women were able to do than what we're told is generally their traditional place yes interesting well certainly in these in the so galadriel's a fictional character <laughs> We agree on this, yes. <laughs> and and therefore she is in, you know, heroically complicated scenarios, fighting cave trolls mm -hmm. and having to come up against, in fact, Satan's lieutenant Sauron, because Morgoth is Satan. Mm -hmm. um, that she therefore, you know, she's she's battling at the level of, you know, the supernatural. She's an elf, 
and she's she's mm-hmm. having to go up against Sauron, who is in effect an angel, or a, you know lower like a lower angel. He's a, he's the same level angel as Gandalf is. So she's going to he's an incarnate angel in in in, in the second age, um, okay. but he's still angelic. So she is she's expected to work in this this kind of um well it's a supernatural realm therefore she's not she i mean even even galadriel's not meant to be an ordinary human being no but the 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 idea like uh, the idea in this fictional realm is coming from tolkien's understanding of the medieval and the and, and old europe and old european culture so right that right that's kind of giving me the giving me the link of thinking okay so if he as uh, as the european scholar that he was is looking at what women were doing in the old in the old world in europe during that time old christian europe he's not uncomfortable with putting women in these more uh warrior-like uh roles so i'm still i'm still stuck on exactly what it is about (laughs) galadriel and armor that it's irritating us (laughs) well i i would say nothing except for the pretense that it's supposed to be you know so edgy okay right i mean that's that's to me it's like we know we know this like where they they make the you know the black the black hobbits and the black elf and this is meant mm-hmm. to get absolutely everybody uh, you know uh, polarized in their appreciation i mean yeah. it, and, and effectively it's it's working in academia in insofar as my colleague professor reed at least gave a talk with that title right the alt-right religious appropriation of tolkien considering mm-hmm. that it, as far as what we know the alt and the right and the religious that are interested in stories right now are Christian. So is this, is this, is she, does she mean Christian? I don't know because A, I don't have the talk. Um, and B, these, these terms keep getting elided constantly, right? So are we talking about white? Oh, we're going to put black, black hobbits in. That'll, that'll, that'll teach them. <laughs> that'll, that'll teach you to be really upset about the loss of your culture. And it's like, okay, which yeah. culture are we talking about? Well, thank you. <laughs> this I was ranting about this two days ago regarding Black Ariel. Mm. I've asked everybody to exactly explain to me what the issue is with the skin tone changes in the Disney characters. So far, no one has been able to say anything to me which makes any sense because I've asked everybody to tell me uh, why... If you're an American American corporation and you're stealing stories from Europeans because you're pirates, you pirate Disney pirates, everybody else, yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so you're taking stories from other cultures, you're Disneyfying them, you're Americanizing them. Okay, so that's the process. It, everyone, you know, understands what is it? What is it about Robin Hood and, and American accents, right? <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, except for wait, did Russell Crowe, Robin Hood, do an American accent? I uh, no, maybe they have English accents. Which is it? But no, Kevin Costner. Kevin Robin Costner's Hood. Robin Hood is is. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up American accent. I've never been. I have never been a Kevin Costner fan. 
I it it, it that 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 one is worth that. it for the Alan Rickman Sheriff of Nottingham. Okay, all right. Well, Alan Rickman is always quality. But, <laughs> uh, no, I, I was not never into Costner, but um, <laughs> yeah, you've got like you've got this American corporation that's Americanizing, Disneyfying all of these foreign stories, um, and then making them American. So really, whatever they're doing to them, it's already changing and turning it into an American thing. Uh, and then I'm asking everyone, well, okay, so if you're making it American, well, who's an American? This is where I get in trouble. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's saying, okay, well, it's a, it's an American, uh, you're an American once you've got an American passport. Okay. So that means anybody within the borders of America that has an American passport is an American, which means they can be the Little Mermaid. That was my logic. Mm. It's quite it for me that it was that simple. If if it's a case of uh, arguing over the provocative propaganda of having to change an old version of something, right? It's a different conversation. But in terms of the basics uh, of story retelling, I couldn't really see a problem with this because in my mind I'm looking at it thinking, oh, so you've just used an American to make a another American rendition of a foreign story. The process is the same right. in my mind. Well, I I want to go I go back to why does it irk? Okay, so the the problem I have, or I do actually have problems with the Amazon <laughs> Rings of Power, but the, but I'm trying to get to it uh, <laughs> It's boring, is what I'm seeing, right? I, I, mm. I it's horrible that they're making it boring, and that this kind of Worrying about whether or not a people are going to be offended because they see particular, you know, races or or sexes cast as goodies or baddies. I mean that mm -hmm. it's, it's like why are you only able to see what so yes. what, it, what is it about? And I think this came up in your in your Little Mermaid discussion. It's like well, I want to be the Little Mermaid, and so you can't make her look like that. And I, and and that to me, it's like why why do you need why if you're watching I do agree with this why if you're watching a story that's clearly written to be a mythology for England, do you feel like you need to see the whole world in it? Well, I mean the, the obviously the the straight up answer is because Commonwealth, yes. <laughs> and and we're we're trying to make Commonwealth friendly stories. Well, okay, that's that you know that has its place, and and Tolkien actually probably wouldn't have been bothered by that. I I think. The the kinds of the kinds of questions like I'd say Tolkien was born in South Africa. He had a he had a a black nurse when he was little, and there's a picture that his mother decorated as a Christmas card that has their family and the nurse there, and she's you know clearly dark skinned So I don't think Tolkien would have actually been as bothered as some people are premising we ought to be by this part of the the appropriation. I mean, I it's the cloying, you know, um, uh what is it sanctimony sanctimony of yes. yes we are going we are going to improve on the way in which you've been portraying these stories by doing this that or the other adjustment including doing mm -hmm. something like making sure that galadriel is the lead uh warrior in in the story and that we are now supposed to as i don't know women <laughs> feel more oh i don't know empowered by seeing Gladriel in armor than when we saw her in a beautiful dress. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd like to wear a beautiful so dress. 
frankly. <laughs> they're they're trying to satisfy this desire in women now to be seen as uh, commanders. Mm -hmm. Now we might start having some problems. What is it that we're worried about? Mm. Um, we as in everybody, Western. Oh no, you, you and me. And I? <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Uh, we oh. Gee, do we do we plan these at all before we go on camera? <laughs> sometimes well, I, yes, I'm sometimes thinking, no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we how we, much do we want to hate on the on on the crusade against masculine heroism? Oh, much. I don't know. Much like, we do. Much, uh, much, much. I'll go we there. Want to, we want to hate there. on this crusade of masculine hero heroism. Masculine. What is? Yes. What do we want to hate on? Did you just bend? You just bended the gender, then? I, I, will bend these genders. You know who else gender bended? The Joan of Arc. Amazon. What are we gonna do with that? <laughs> well, women, women, women are thirsty to be commanding. They are. They are. It was said so. Even Chaucer class, even Chaucer figured that Western. out in The Wife of Bath. Mm. So what Casey is saying? Oh, so Mel, we've got. <laughs> We've we've got Casey and Mel as our as our valiant uh, uh, commentators. Casey's like Costner was horrible as Robin Hood. Yes, well, <laughs> <laughs> and Mel says Christendom cures boredom. Exactly, we're trying to get there. But let's let's yes, get there. It does. Um, yeah, women are very very thirsty to be the commanders of of this civilization. I hate it. I'm very tired of it. Uh, which people might find ironic considering my personality, but mm. uh, the the disconnect between old Christendom and our our world now maybe is why people can't see why that isn't uh, a contradiction. The women now are striving to do something that the the men in the old world were called to do, which was go on their hero's journey and right. to go on their uh, uh, adventure through the underworld uh, to emerge heroic. So I think this is where it's coming from, is that women are trying to replace, uh, well, replace men in that masculine hero's journey uh, and sort of want to don the armor of heroism. Mm -hmm without necessarily understanding the process that goes into becoming the hero. That's my take. I think this is why it's irritating me. Because the armor that Joan of Arc wore, uh, she had earned through her valor, through her virtue, through her submission and obedience to God and through her uh, ah. selfless <laughs> sacrifice and duty to her nation and God and country and all of that kind of stuff. where the women now that want to wear armor are not willing to sacrifice. They are not willing to take on the duty that would require uh, them to earn that armor and that golden cape. They they want to be superheroes without the sacrifice. So I think this is well, what's really it, annoying me about it. What's interesting is that therefore they don't even want to be men in in that that version no. of things. If we have. No. Um, I have a map of the let's see well here's here's the the usual um 
take Joan of Ar- Joan of Armor. Uh, there, there are various variants of the hero's journey um, out there, and I mean, famously, what George Lucas was working on Star Wars and found out. Oh my gosh, I'm writing the hero's journey. Um, that this this is the this is the Wikipedia the graph of it. You call to adventure. There's supernatural aid that comes, and there's a threshold which you have to then go through your transformation. I think that's what you're referring to just now. This descent. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's drawn as this 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 cyclic um, um, transformation that you go, you find various helpers and a mentor, have challenges and temptations, and in, go into the abyss where there is a death and rebirth, transformed, um, atone, and the return, which in this version of things is actually a gift of the goddess, which is sort of interesting. And you could say, yes. you know, in 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 maybe in Tolkien's version of these things. Uh, Galadriel previously had had have it, had that sort of goddess role because she gives the fellowship gifts after they've gone through Moria, emerged after the battle with the Balrog, without Gandalf, and um, they go into Lorien and she gives them uh, wisdom that then helps guide them further along and they, have to get, they cycle through, I suppose. Um, that that uh, arch- that that claim of the archetypal is fam- what. Um, you know, became famous out of Joseph Campbell's uh, study of mythologies. The, 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 the mm-hmm. hero in all of these mythologies goes through this kind of transformation. This has, of course, been made very popular by, oh, I don't know, Jordan Peterson, <laughs> who yeah. likes likes quoting this particular cyclic variant. And what you're saying is it's it's frustrating because the the women are not willing, either the women are trying to take over this journey or they're not willing to do it. Which is they're not they're not doing it though. This is the thing. They're not doing it. They're pretending to do it, but they're not doing it. Because the that kind of heroic uh arc or the 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 process it it requires a kind of uh submerging into the the kind of horror and darkness of the underworld. You know, mm. like the old the old Greco-Roman understanding of this I've been reading about is uh, is you're going into a place where you're facing uh, things like the Titans, or you know you're facing monsters like uh, like the Greek heroes had to face. Uh, it seems like what's happening now is women are still expecting men to slay the monsters mm. for them, but not give them the credit, but at the same time, are preventing men <laughs> from embarking on this process themselves without direct supervision of the women. So you get, I, what I'm seeing is that there's this kind of schizophrenic tyranny of wanting to have the journey done for you, but not allow the men to do it for you without your supervision which you can't really do because you don't know how to do it. You've never done it. So it's, it's like the, I think you need to unpack um, this, unpack this bit. You, you, we've, <laughs> so we've already established that there's a kind of schizophrenia and thinking that it's edgy to put Galadriel in armor in the first place. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because in fact, that's less um, startling in the tradition than the Amazon showrunners 
might want to to consider it is i mean we have i oh i i, I always find more pictures than i i remember to put in my <laughs> In my, in my setup. So they're, they're modern pictures of Joan of Arc in armor. She was very, very popular, of course, throughout the 19th century in France and you know, statues and, and, you know, plays and things like that. Woman in armor is a very familiar image, thanks to Joan. Mm -hmm. So that, that particular quality of, of, you know, simply dressing her up in the men, in the, in the masculine um, equipment is not, it's like you're trying to say it's not as edgy as Amazon presumably wants to think it is. But but mm. but now we have the schizophrenia of exactly which journey is who going on and in what terms. Yes. Do you think do you think women actually do want to because in, in what we know from the, the review, Galadriel is the one that kills the cave troll, which, you know, even Gandalf had some difficulty with <laughs> in Moria. Yes. Some women do. Some women do want think, men to kill the monsters for them? Yes, they do. They do. And then others are killing monsters. But in Christendom, in Christendom we made this distinction, I think. Well, so let me give you... There's a, there's a further schizophrenia in this. Um, I've been showing the sort of if you google hero's journey this is the diagram you get the most of right which the one the known to the unknown that we get most and i think that's because but it's partly because that that's the one that jordan peterson has been talking about most we go from the known to the unknown and the unknown takes you mm -hmm. into the abyss that's not actually the way campbell described it he had a little different version <laughs> um and his his was more um actually tied to myths of uh and, and and curiously enough, the circle goes the the opposite direction from the other one. Okay. Um, we have call to adventure, a helper, tests, um, more helpers, flight, and an elixir. And there there are various elements in this journey that include things like oh, crucifixion, <laughs> um, a sacred marriage at the base, um, apotheosis, uh, father atonement, mm. and the resurrection and return. It's clear if you follow the journey the way Campbell described it, there's a particular hero <laughs> that this journey is modeled on. Not absolutely every hero in world mythology, which is, of course, why Campbell gets roundly ridiculed by most scholars in world mythology, because, well, he kind of picked and chose to fit okay. one particular story. <laughs> what story was that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did surprise you to learn that uh, you know Joseph Campbell um, grew up Roman Catholic, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and 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 this 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 fits in with our our gen our general um, Dragon Common Room exploration right now. The first major book that Campbell wrote was oh my goodness a study of Finnegan's Wake. Uh, <laughs> which I he was running the river he was running the river and his idea of a monomyth he actually got from oh yes Finnegan's Wake so his monomyth oh we've already learned that the monomyth of Finnegan's Wake is shall we say it all together now Christian minstrelsy yes. the monomyth that Joseph Campbell wrote into his hero with a thousand faces claiming that he found it in all world mythology I just lost my fidget toy I'm lost um <laughs> Is it fell off my lap? I'm gonna bend down and get it. Ugh. It's I can't. I can't think without this thing in my hands. Yeah. Um. 
is I, I do I have to write with it right it's like I have to fidget 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 with them writing um this hero hero's journey that told that Tolkien Tolkien too that Campbell is working off of is straight up Christ and it's 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 mm-hmm. very interesting that so many people have been so persuaded that it's not Christian because oh look you know Campbell went and found it and all these other myths well yeah he kind of picked and chose and rewrote those stories so that they fit the hero's journey that he wanted it to fit, which is straight up. And when I taught here with a thousand faces in one of my undergraduate classes, the students picked up on it really quickly. There's like, this isn't the story that I know from this other mythology. This is still Christian. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what, what I of course like is the further you, the, the more you try to, you know, run away as we found with Galadriel and her armor, the more you try to run away from the real monomyth, the more you're still in it. (laughs) There's no escape. Well, I suppose that's because it's actually true. Uh, uh, You know, maybe. But Tolkien is obviously, he knows what the myth is that he's working within. He's not going to write against it. You're not going to be able to subvert Tolkien by, oh, I don't know, putting Mm -hmm. his main character who's female in armor because A, he already did that. And B, that fits in the story world that he's, he's imagining in the first place. But this... This heroic journey that we find our feminists, we'll say their name out loud now, the feminists trying to subvert yeah. by putting the women in the role. Well, can women go on this this crystal Christian journey? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Haven't they always done it? Well, maybe. <laughs> But this this is what I it's I like mean, why do we why do we Who was standing under the cross? <laughs> oh, guess what? The women. Right? If you're going Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to have Christian The guys bailed, by the way, for all of the for all of you uh young kids, young alt right kids that want women behind the scenes. <laughs> the the boys bailed. The boys bailed. Who stood only who the girls stood under the, the cross? cross? Who mm-hmm. was there? <clears throat> Mother of our Mother Lord. Mother of our Lord. Magdalene. The Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. A few other Marys. There's three Marys under the cross there. A, A lot, lot of, of Marys. Marys. They're all Marys. And yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. And John. And John. Who, uh, sh- yeah, shouldn't hang on the boys. Well, John, John hung out. All of the others ran away. So the absolute, mm-hmm. the, I, this is the, the sort of, Statistics don't Statistics. lie. <laughs> they all, they, all the other apostles ran away. Why did the men learn about the resurrection? I do feel like we've talked. That's about, an excellent point. Talked about this before, but we should say it again. Why in the Gospels do the men know that the tomb is empty? Because the apostle to the apostles, otherwise known as Mary Magdalene, decided to break curfew and run down to the tomb, disregarding. The, uh, the 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 soldier soldiers guarding the the persecution with the Romans disregarding the Pharisees, she didn't care. She ran down. She wanted to see the body of the Lord and anoint it, along with some other women. She's, it's not just mm-hmm. it's not just yes. Mary Magdalene. It's like the, the women go to the tomb and they're the ones who find it empty. And do you think? Do you think in the Middle Ages anybody ever noticed this? those oppressive patriarchal middle ages 
Didn't they have the women in scolds bridles and they didn't teach them the scriptures so no one oh, knew Oh, clearly, <laughs> clearly no women ever knew that it was uh, women who were the first to find that the tomb was empty and go tell the apostles. I mean, I love this. It's like it's, it's worth hammering home over and over and over again. The only reason that we have Christianity is because the women went to the tomb and found it empty. The men were all hiding in the mm -hmm. upper room. They weren't going to leave. No. <laughs> <laughs> And you can't accuse us of be for being feminists for saying this. That's the beautiful thing well, about it's, it. It's, it's got nothing. It's got nothing to do with feminism. This is the Christian story. Well, and delightfully enough, the origins of Christian drama are mm. in the the three Marys at the tomb. <laughs> it, it was it was the a liturgical sort of little play, or right? the earliest scripts that we have mm. from medieval medieval um, uh, liturgical manuscripts displays like is is a is a is a little drama like now at, on good friday we read mm -hmm. out in parts the the um the the passion which i I've, I've just got a book on order right now that's about the way the gospels themselves were would have been in their entirety performed as readings which i, I think is quite 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 likely um in the in the medieval liturgies for the vigil on holy saturday it's the three Marys at the tomb who then talk to the angel. So the origin of European drama is the three Marys going to the tomb and finding it empty. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> so the medieval Christians beat Jeff Bezos to it by how many? Oh, a years? million, a thousand at least. I mean, th <laughs> those 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 scripts are there from yeah. From, from around a thousand. Yes, yeah, so Amazon mm. trying to be super duper edgy by putting women in the story in these heroic roles are 2,000 years too late. <laughs> yep, yep. So, because again, we wouldn't know it if it wasn't in the gospels. So the evangelists put it in, they make the women the witness all of Christianity depends on the belief, the, the men's, be, just like with Joan and her leading the men, mm -hmm. Christianity is founded on believing the women. Believe all women. Or at least the Marys. <laughs> Believe the Marys. Believe those Marys. Well, isn't, that, isn't that interesting, though? It's almost like the woke crowd really, really, really want to be <gasps> Christian again. Isn't it lovely? Isn't that interesting? Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> so this is now... It's almost like they'd like a Pentecost situation and they'd like women to be in armor again. Standing. Just, just like the women were in the medieval Christendom. Well, at least Joan was. And her men followed her. Yes. Right. It, it, this, this is. It, so I, apparently, apparently there is, however, because we don't believe that women can simply go on this hero's journey. Um, and at least script writers haven't figured this out. Um, Dark Haven, mm. sorry, Dark Herald has actually found, he says, I did not make this up. This was leaked to me by a script doctor I know. Um, that there is a, a, a description of the feminist heroine's journey that script writers are meant to follow in portraying their, their female mm -hmm. leads, which the, the, as Dark Herald is calling them, bad reboot authors for <laughs> the Rings of Power seem to be following for Gladriel, um, and um, it, it apparently has 10 steps. I've lost track of how many there are in the hero's journey, but um, the first step, it, we have to start with the patriarchy is real and must be treated as such. The feminist protect, 
Well, it is real. Well, it, <laughs> we, we like it. <laughs> the feminist protagonist is oppressed Sorry. by it. This is not optional. Okay, so if we're going to have the feminist story, we actually have to have the patriarchy is real. Second, she is already the key to a better world. She has all the skills she'll need inherently. She's the avatar. You just got to deal with it. Third, and uh, Harold, Dark Harold says that this is clearly showing up in Gladriel's story. It's like early on in, in the the uh, portrayal, she's saying, we need to go up against whatever, and the men don't believe her. Okay, so her, third, her biggest challenge isn't defeating the antagonist. It's defeating disbelief in her. Men in particular won't believe she's amazing as she really is. Fourth, she is better than any male mentor figure. So in this sense, the, the, she can't go through the hero's journey as Campbell described it because she can't have any advice from anybody. She She's going to have to okay. woman-splain the mentor. Um, the guidance he gives is just another example of mansplaining and must be shot down hard by her. Um, if there's a male mentor, then he is the first man that must be defeated. Fifth, she enters a new world that forces her to prove herself. Okay, and the six, seventh, eight, she sort of re does this repeat. She escapes the patriarchy. She's briefly overwhelmed and bounces back. Eighth, she defeats her male oppressor. Ninth, now this, this I find very interesting. She is now an independent woman who will never need a man. And she must continue her journey alone. Any other person in her life will hold her back. She will never love or be a wife or a mother. Those things would all hold her back. Tenth, realized self-actualization. She was always a goddess and just needed to believe how awesomely amazing she always was herself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's no heroism. Well, what you've just described to me is a, uh, is a heroine with absolutely no heroism. There is no sacrifice in anything that has just been described. There's no duty. She's not been responsible to anybody else except for her own mm. ego. Her perception and the obsession over other people's perception of her overrides performance. I mean, it's just anti-masculine. Like every, every, every single point lacks any um process of uh well is earning knowledge anti-masculine i mean it's 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 <clears throat> um there's a there's a delightful irony in this when i when i read it if if, if you could predict where i'm going with this um okay i mean the the, the irritating thing seems like she has to defeat disbelief in her in herself she's she's already the key mm -hmm. she's um has to prove herself um and, and she ends up neither uh, a wife or a mother yes which isn't <clears throat> that's not a happy ending isn't no why not that's no generation well, okay, but you you end up with what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Why have you gone through the whole journey if you're not going to bequeath it to the next generation? 
Well, I mean, if you if you never if you never love or be a wife or a mother, you never get married. You're mm. never going to have children. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a pattern for this in, in in our stories? Maybe. I find this amazingly yes. ironic. It's hilarious if you start realizing it. Did Joan of Arc have children? <laughs> no. But she wasn't. She was a saint. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 let's just let's just tell Joan's story i put the wrong picture up i think i'll put joan back i'll put yes. joan back up on let's let's tell joan's story the the the, the mm. patriarchy is real the, that bad king that bad english king he's he's not letting the true king become king okay so kings are still in there um she's already the key to a better world well joan starts out she's just a peasant right what how does she end up in armor yeah because she starts to talk with her saints. Oh my. She begins having visions. Visions, eh? Mm -hmm. Did anybody believe? Did <laughs> Did everybody believe her when she had these visions and, and conversation? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> they thought she was quite they mad. Thought she was totally mad. Do you remember who she said she was talking to? Uh, from memory, I know it was St. Catherine of Sinai. Uh, yes. Yes. yes, or St. Catherine of Alexandria, um, whose monastery is now at Sinai. Yes, St. Yes. Um, Catherine of Alexandria, and then the other two, oh, I can't remember. I should know this. <laughs> I did. You're, you're failing your feminist catechism. It's gone. It's, it's, it's gone. St. Michael the Archangel, oh, the, right, course. and St. Margaret. Ah, yes. The one who... Uh, Tames the uh, tames the snake. Uh, well, he's it's yeah. Satan in the form of a dragon who swallows her. <laughs> yes, and then and then she's typically shown like cutting her way out of the belly of the dragon. Yeah. Okay. And we have <laughs> so metal. So metal. So <laughs> Margaret is known for having having cut herself, cut her way out of the belly of a dragon. And Catherine, yep. you remember what Catherine is shown as? I I think I blew it with my pictures again. She's one of my what favorite. does Catherine I do? I love Saint Catherine. She's arguing with everybody. She's all arguing the time. with everybody all the time. Yes. Uh huh. She, the she has this wheel that she's often mm -hmm. shown with that breaks. Yes. Right. We have we have fireworks. There's supposed to be Catherine's wheel, right? The wheel was going to be she was going to be tortured on, but of course it, it she just you know waves her hand and it breaks, snaps apart, right? And and yeah, why did, yes. why are you saying you like Catherine? Oh, because she just. <clears throat> she's very clever <laughs> she was she was a she was a defender of the faith and argued her way uh, into sainthood yes because she could defeat all of the pagan philosophers that the the emperor maxentius yes. br brings to to try to best her to talk her out of christianity yes. and she can she can argue with absolutely all of them and, and make them look foolish yeah yeah, yeah. These ladies are sounding kind of feminist, don't you think? <laughs> Dangerously. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> I thought Christian women were supposed to be very demure and in floral dresses running through wheat fields, Professor Brown. Well, maybe some of them are. That 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 the Saint Clair of Assisi uh -huh. might do that, yes. But but we have other saints. I mean, mm -hmm. some you know, some who appear and apparently talk to Joan of Arc. 
and tell her to go to the rescue of the king and immediately everyone believes her. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> her biggest challenge isn't defeating the antagonist, the English. I mean, those were easy to defeat. And in fact, I mean, Joan does go in having, oh, look, convinced the king, the Dauphin, who's like, you know, the prince who's not really great at being king, Mm -hmm. to believe her oh no they had to subject her to a test that she's tested at poitiers um apparently for her virginity which includes presumably fingers um she's tested for her virginity and uh given a, a, a sort of quiz by the theologians at poitiers which she refers to in the trial with the burgundians that uh when they ask her difficult theological questions she says i already answered that so joan just like catherine is able to best these theologians with her her um, doctrinal answers, and, um, and, and the, but has to let's see number three in the feminist challenge. She was illiterate as well, um, yes? probably. Just to, to yeah, I mean she seems to have known the prayers that a layperson would learn in 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 Latin. Yes. Um, and prob and couldn't sign her name, so she's not she's not able to to write. But the the feminist heroines challenge is. The biggest challenge isn't defeating the antagonist, it's defeating disbelief in her. Men in particular won't believe she's as amazing as she really is. Well, Charles the Dauphin clearly didn't believe Joan to start with. He kept having her quizzed. Mm -hmm. I, th I think maybe they found the wrong script. Here. <laughs> <laughs> they spent a lot of money on the wrong script. <laughs> they sure spent a lot of money to turn Galadriel into Joan of Arc. Yep. They could have just read read a few saints' lives, right? She's better than any male mentor figure. I mean, it 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 Joan doesn't seem to, she does seem to have had men who supported her, as I mentioned. But uh, the I mean, and she she does end badly. But I mean, you could say she ends up in heaven, so she wins in the end. And definitely after being burned. after being burned, but you know that but yeah. never be a wife or mother. This is. Wait, I think the feminist heroine's journey is a virgin saint. Shocking. I'm shocked. Shocked. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> they really want to be holy. They really, really deeply want to be holy women. I, I think so in this curious way. I mean, the, the, what I find amusing yeah. about this is, of course, we're, what we're told is the patriarchy, which we have to absolutely resist it at all costs, is always trying to keep women down and forcing them to be mothers and nothing else. Mm -hmm. When the previous complaint against, oh, I don't know, Catholicism, at least medieval Catholic, you know, the medieval Christianity had been that it didn't promote motherhood, <laughs> but in fact had all these stories about how you shouldn't get married and, and stay virginal and you know, that way, you know, maintain your powers and um, not, I mean, there's there's a whole literature starting with St. Jerome about um, women not allowing themselves to get married and, I don't know, becoming nuns or, or abbesses or whatever, but becoming women like these. And I'm, what I'm showing, showing the people now is the Virgin Mary surrounded by a collection of these ladies, all of whom are mm -hmm. I mean, clearly represented regularly in the art. I ended up too many pictures. Go look on, you know, Google or uh, Wikipedia, and you'll find plenty of St. Catherine's and St. Margaret's and St. Agnes's. And all of these women have the the same characteristics, weirdly enough, that uh, are given in this feminist heroine's journey. 
realized self-actualization. She was always a goddess. Well, these ladies know that they're all brides of Christ. Yes. Unification with the uh, the husband of the church mm. would be that, that way of uh, translating their desire to be goddesses. Maybe that's not enough. I, I mean, maybe do we, do we can't let Galadriel actually believe in the Valar. Wait, she's made... Okay, th it is interesting that somehow Celeborn is not showing up at all in the the uh, synopses I've seen of these stories yet. She is already married in the Second Age. Okay. So they've pushed they've pushed the husband out of the picture. At least the one she actually had and had children with. <laughs> I'm thinking on this mm. too. This is an interesting thing because then in the woke mind, the feminist rendition of the saint story... they seem to be uncomfortable with wives and mothers going on the hero's journey. So they seem to be falling into this pattern of thinking that it is only appropriate for virginal characters to be going through the, the process. Yes. They're not, I mean, it, according to this feminist journey, you're not, you don't get to be a wife and mother, but that means that you mm. then fall into the pattern of, of the, the virgin saints. Yes. Yes. Who are very heroic. <laughs> so what they desperately want is for <clears throat> women to be nuns. Maybe. Apparently. Maybe. Nuns, nuns were known <laughs> as warriors as well. They sing all the same all the mm. same psalms that the monks do and recognize themselves as, as sisters in arms. There's a there's a famous mm. or famous within my field, right? There's a whole book by Joey McNamara, which is Sisters in Arms, right? The nuns as warriors. Well, this is interesting. So what why are all of the new uh call them new catholics but uh converts are are not seeing this when they're reacting against feminism they seem to be very very angry at the 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 agenda but they're not seeing the i mean i haven't seen it M many discussions amongst uh young christian men about the the role of women in the church mm. like this they're not looking at it well, you're following those more closely than I am. Can you tell me more about those? Well, I'm thinking of a few examples. So the, I mean, there, there is a push against the, the feminist agenda to get women to reframe their thinking from wanting to be feminists to wanting to be wives and mothers again. Right. Everybody wants women to give up the, uh, the struggle for equality with men and then, um, um, you know, kind of return to traditional roles, return to the home, return to uh, childbearing, childrearing, etc. But there seems to be no discussion on women that are not suited to that role spiritually and who would be better placed in a monastic role. Mm. There's, there seems to be no discussion amongst the, the, the Catholics that I see on the internet when they're talking to women that they may, in fact, be talking to somebody who was better suited to uh, life as a nun 
or life as a warrior in the the frame of of the church right which i find very interesting because uh you know a lot of a lot of people that have grown up in a non-catholic environment or have grown up in the west in general the modern west have grown up not even knowing monasticism was an uh was a possibility for them right so a lot of these women that have 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 rushed into the woke agenda rushed into wokeism seem to be fulfilling an urge that would be better used if they had uh, applied it by serving God in the, in in that kind of uh, vocation. But the young Catholic men that are talking about women on the internet never seem to be having this kind of discussion. It's always you have to become wives and mothers, mm-hmm. and clearly this is not the uh the destiny of all uh christian women well I, what i we, we've been trying to do and and talking talking about this is showing well one there i mean i believe in this monomyth <laughs> uh in in the sense i mean in the sense that joyce was trying to show in finnegan's wake and which campbell mm-hmm. tried to pretend he wasn't doing but he actually was that there is one great story that we're living and it is mm-hmm. creation and redemption um and so you know i don't think it's accidental that when when you you know behave heroically you act you fall into the christ story the the interesting Mm -hmm. thing about the the virgin saints is of course they are women imitating christ they are they, they, they are playing the same kind of role that the male confessors and um martyrs do and that there's stories told of these women they're heroically resisting marriage which in feminist scholarship has always been a sort of problem it's like the only way they could be heroic is to resist marriage so you just told me that in in the feminist the feminine heroine's journey she will never be a wife or a mother she has no domestic Mm -hmm. role so which is it do you like that or not um (laughs) but the you know the, the, the the this is what i also find interesting about tolkien he only he couldn't write a different story because he knew the truth of the great fairy story as, as he would think it. So everything mm-hmm. that he wrote fit into it. And I'm finding it I- ironic, of course, that Amazon, even as it's trying to do something which it feels like is updating and subverting. And I don't know whether they think it's subverting. I think they, 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 they want to make this you know property profitable and, and beautiful and, and appealing and things like that. But they think they need to fix it in order mm. to make it more relevant to now i mean it is i it would be ironic if in making it more relevant to now they make it more medieval in fact but probably not in the ways that they know most of the time because most most christians i mean the the, the general thing i find is most christians don't know enough medieval history and mm. they don't know enough of the the layers of the tradition to realize insofar as you are you know, behaving with virtue and 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 skill, you're going to be in this story. Now, your your um, I'm 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 wandering. I think your your particular crit- criticism of the feminist heroine's journey is they don't seem to be put through any trial, actual trial yes. that they don't actually. Well, Joan Joan was put through multiple trials on her way to becoming a saint. Right. This is the thing. It's not it's not a case of complaining your way to sainthood. Joan was uh persecuted by her own side 
as well as fighting an enemy side and then eventually being burned for heresy. Right. So <laughs> she has, she, she didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> you know, there, 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 were, there were no women around her saying, yes, queen, slay, like nothing. Well, she, she did have Christine Tepezon. Christine Tepezon wrote well, a lovely poem about Joan before Joan died. So it's like when Joan's still alive in 1429. One. She had she, one. Well, I mean, Christine is the greatest female writer of the period. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's not not nothing. Okay. That's not nothing. <laughs> it's not nothing. Okay. But, but it still proves my point. There, there was no solidarity. There, there, there was no, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, social clique which she was uh, protected by. That's true. She had her saints. That they were her true protection throughout her uh, journey, and the modern feminist uh, desire to, you know, have women in armor seems to forget that the 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 process of becoming a monastic, being a nun, is being cloistered. You you're essentially taking on a kind of isolation, even if you're in a community of other nuns, because you're removing yourself from the external community. Whereas I don't think that women understand that process, that there there is a kind of like isolation and also the trials that you have to go through on a, on a hero's journey would mean that you're, you're going to suffer. There will be genuine suffering in there, mm. but most women don't want suffering. They they they'll run in the opposite direction. They want comfort. Well, so this is my this is what we, we we wanted to try to say is like if we if we'd actually mm. plot a better heroine's journey. Yes. For Gladriel or ourselves, given that the men are supposed to be going on this hero's journey and testing them, mm -hmm. I I find interesting that in in the Campbell hero's journey. Marriage doesn't. I mean, he gets a gift of the goddess or whatever, but you don't end up being a father. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's incomplete in in the in in those terms. Um, would the heroine's journey, in fact, look any different from the hero's journey if we were to write a more compelling one? And why why is it so hard for women to have that? Or is that it's okay there's options a women Good don't question a women don't want it they actually mainly mm. want romance novels because that's the yes <laughs> which we've already talked about christ the lover night we got that one for you um yep <laughs> <laughs> that so in fact most women don't want to be gladriel in armor and that that is a fantasy of somebody but maybe not the actual audience that they think they're appealing to okay that that's mm. one um, another is women like seeing other women in armor, but not themselves. I'm not sure about yes. that. Um, well, it's kind of like having a patroness, isn't it? Right. And then, and then we're to back to your, your little mermaid problem of women mm -hmm. being angry that they see a character whom they identified with. She's a mermaid who can't speak and feels knives when she walks all the time because the man that she falls in love with doesn't in fact love her. And in the Hans Christian Andersen story, he marries somebody else. Really? That's your ideal. <laughs> oh, she's a, you know, <laughs> we were all mermaids when we were 10 in the swimming pool. And therefore, you know, you're kind of blotting out the extra bit of the rest of the story. 
<laughs> well, that that's the Disney that's the Disneyfication, though, isn't it? What you've just described mm. is that they've taken away the tragedy and they've implanted romance, and maybe that's the key to all of this: is that the the hero's journey is full of tragedies, but women actually just want romance stories. They don't want to face horror and tragedy. Mm. They want romance. They want happy endings. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. Do we with have the, any ladies still watching? Story. Are, are Casey and Mel still watching? Ladies, what do you want in your stories? Mel is making... Casey's saying, church militant, base spiritual warrior nuns. That's good. Make habits great again. <laughs> Uh, Mel saying Masonic government censorship of the religious erasing Mary. I don't know. We will have, we'll, we'll do another episode on that. They don't use your own eyes. They believe all the evil ones lies return to the cell, the tension of solitude, their gravitation. This, this is, this is Joycey and Mel. You need to give us full sentences. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I, I actually like romance. Uh, and, and I, you yeah. know, I've certainly the return of the King, you know, I'm upset that, well, one, I think in in the movie version of of Lord of the Rings, the Arwen character is insufferable and awful, and I and I and I don't like her, because um, she keeps getting in the way, and Aragorn should get to you know win her as as his husband has as his bride properly rather than she you know interfering all the time. I what I don't understand, and this is the primary claim that I hear you know women making is like the complaint that we heard against Roberry Alice from one of its reviewers is. I want to see mm -hmm. the claim. I want to see female characters with whom I can identify. And I'm like, what? I, if, if there's a female ca character with whom I identify, for example, Harriet in the Lord Peter Whimsey stories, I'm going to dislike her because she's in the way of the person. <laughs> it's like Harriet gets yes. to have Lord Peter. He's a fictional character. Harriet gets to have Lord Peter and not me. I don't want him to marry her. Although it was clear Dorothy Sayers wrote Harriet as herself and she wrote Okay, so it's, I find this a very interesting sort of premise that what women want most is heroic characters that they can put themselves in the place of. I, I don't understand that as a, as a story appeal. I like watching stories about men who do heroic things. Yes. And maybe imagining they do it for me, but then if you've got an actual female character in there doing it for, that he's doing it for... You want her to like be a cipher so that she doesn't like overwrite your own fantasies. Kind of like Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. They're they're not uh, they're not uh, having someone else slay the dragon for them. Mm. They're wanting to be the dragon slayer. But Margaret did that, sort of. She did. But only after Christ had done it for her. I think maybe this is the difference with the saints, too. With mm. all Christians, we're told, you know, there's no male or female in Christ, but right. it's that I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. It's not that they're doing it without Christ, independent, strong females. These are women who are icons of him. Therefore, it's him. He's the prototype behind the saint. 
So even in that sense, it's still Christ. Maybe. I don't know. I, well, what I'm showing now is an image of Christ in majesty over the virgin holding the grails. <laughs> in this lovely span, this lovely Romanesque Spanish uh, fresco. Um, well, there, I mean, there, quite simply, we get to, of course, the, the fundamental problem is, do people want to serve Christ or not? Mm -hmm. And it's ironic that, of course, the whole point of the Rings of Power is to defeat Sauron, who is the lieutenant of Satan. Mm -hmm. Unless we're going to make, I mean, then, you know, if it, it, there apparently are seemingly hints that Gladriel's going to, you know, be enticed by bad boy Sauron, who's incarnate in this, in this version of the story. And mm -hmm. that would, of course, be edgy and uh, apparently appealing. Why do they need to do that? Indeed. I'm thinking. <laughs> well, think, think, think. Well, that's kind of a fundamental test for women. Mm. As a monastic, to reject marriage, that, that her heroic act of rejecting marriage and retaining virginity. So there's a rejection of men just flat out, except for Christ. But also women have to go through their own training in and and test of virtue in that they have to reject the bad boys that will ruin them isn't it mm -hmm. i mean it's a that's kind of the most fundamental test for women because it's the the determiner of destiny for a woman's life as a wife and mother so maybe that makes sense in the, you know, people are looking to work out their own struggle in, in the narrative, in the Amazon narrative. So Amazon says, okay, well, we'll put Galadriel in the same position as the majority of women, which is to have this temptation, but then they've already erased her husband. So it's not, uh, it's not genuine. I mean, it would be more interesting if they were making her, you know, a potential adulteress. They've forgotten that she's married. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll make, we'll, Forgot about we'll that. make Sauron the fatal attraction. How's that? That's, that's, yeah. that's fairly straightforward. No, my, my, my problem with it now is, in general, everyone is angry about the color changes of the characters. Mm. And not so much understanding the the meaning behind the story itself, because all people can play a saint. You know, you know there there's no there's no rage if somebody puts on armor and says, oh, "Okay, I'm going to play Joan of Arc today." People don't seem to mind so much because there seems to be this. Uh, Acknowledgement, acknowledgement that it is a, it's a worthwhile thing and it's a good thing to want to emulate the saints. Therefore, no one really minds if you're pretending to be Joan of Arc for a day. Mm. There's not the same outrage. There seems to be this very, very loud protest from everyone 
for the same thing happening to a, a non-sacred story. Well, the irony is it's like we need female superheroes. Okay, fine. You've got some in this tradition who you don't count as having the powers that you wish they had, even though they have the same powers that the men do. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm entertained that we've gotten to this sort of, hmm, now what do we do place, which I say is... We were wrestling we're wrestling with the problem that the huge the huge challenge that men and women constantly have is indeed how do we I I so I've never liked the Virgin Saints because I did want I did want to be married. I did want to be to have a family. I mean I mm -hmm. what's interesting about the the medieval um monastic tradition is in order to recruit women to become nuns, you had to write things like um holy maidenhead which is a treatise basically telling about all the woes that you'll have if you have children that 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 it it it, it in fact took saint jerome who i don't think was a very nice person sorry um a, a fair degree of effort to convince the matrons of rome that they don't want to to have have mm -hmm. children um and that it is talking women out of wanting families in the in the longer tradition it actually been the harder harder call mm. so that we end up now with a claim that you're supposed to as a woman want to be this powerful independent character but as we've seen most women end up kind of miserable if yes they don't have those relationships that you're apparently not supposed to want i i'm not even i i can't figure out who actually wants any of this stuff it's like why? I mean, if Amazon may you know lose out because in fact, what women you know want to watch is a, a, a happy Twilight. ending. Yes, <laughs> want the romance and yeah the the marriage. Yeah, who is who? In fact, has been trying to tell us that we didn't. The church fathers. Oh wait, no wait. <laughs> now I'm confused. <laughs> Well, it wasn't appropriate in pagan society to reject marriage because it was statecraft. It was marriage as statecraft, correct? Well, by the time Jerome's doing it, they're they're mainly Christian in Rome. It's it's the upper mm. class thing. Although he's 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 taking it too far and talking women out of marriage in in a context in which the Roman family still wanted to to have children. Mm. It, it's complicated in the in the fourth century. But in the in the 14th century, even treatises trying to convince women that they want to be nuns and, and stay virginal, have to you know pull out all the stops and talking about how awful it is to have all these babies. Well, this is interesting. So it's the complete opposite of the meme then of the no eggs. Yes. With everyone screaming at women on the internet saying no eggs, no eggs, but. Uh, this was kind of St. Jerome's ideal state. <laughs> yep. There's all these women who have, you know, hit their expiry and can just focus on the things uh, uh, of the next life. Yep. 
instead of on motherhood and children. Yep. That's fascinating. Well, I mean, this is the irony of Christianity. If it actually lived out perfectly, it wouldn't there wouldn't be any. <laughs> mm. Everybody would be virginal and have no sex and have no families because we're all focusing on the the the, the on the heavenly on the heavenly. So this is so this maybe is the is the issue then. I mean, at least for me with the female characters, mm. is that they're not being uh, women. That is, are not being shown that this instinct to remain uh, unattached to men can be redirected to a holy vocation, and instead they're being abused by Christians. <laughs> who should know about the tradition of the church that encouraged this at a particular time and gave them a, a purpose in that um, rejection of uh, the feminine role behind the sink. Yes, well, the irony of it is is that the, the, the pounding on saying you should have this domestic role is Protestant. Aha. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> And I, so there was, there was a very interesting, I feel like I've, we've said this before now I'll just repeat it, but there was a, a very interesting scene in, in Black Widow, um, where <laughs> the character, the, the father figure returned is, is asking, is saying, is that, is that the time of the month for you something? And Scarlett Johansson characters, or no, maybe her sister character says, um, no, I can't. I had, they gave me a hysterectomy, I mean, in not so in certain terms, like they ripped, ripped out, yank, 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 snip, 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 no eggs, so that she could be the assassin that she is. And it's like they, and you know, which has some reality in the way the Soviets treated their female athletes, for example, so giving, mm -hmm. giving them hormones, making them ma masculine. The, the, the sort of inversions and flipping and flopping and, and everything that's going on between uh you know what we've already talked about with the the gender slipperiness of the soul in relation to god and the you know masculinization of women so that they could be nuns uh it it's so interesting that the edginess it's it's like the edginess of the woke is rediscovering the powers of the um, celibate mm. accidentally yeah <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking of the zippetits you know the girls that are trying to mm -hmm. uh, sorry not clean speech but it's a hilarious term but they're uh, <laughs> it's a... they're doing the same thing yes you know it's a it's a kind of public profession of uh, Renouncing their their femininity, yeah. Yeah, renouncing their femininity, and it's probably uh, the surgical equivalent to donning a habit. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with a religious war. We're not dealing with a political war. Right. Yes. Mm. So this is where the 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 freak out over the alt right appropriation of Tolkien is quite hilarious because actually it's got nothing to do with right or left. It's got nothing to do with politics whatsoever. It's completely 
a religious war yes uh between catholics and the whatever version of religion we're dealing with right now which is called wokeism well, appropriately enough, and I'm wondering how far they're going to go with this in the Rings of Power, what Sauron convinces the Numenorians to do is is practice human sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> in order to achieve what they hope is going to be immortality. Mm. So the, the, the interesting thing is the evil continues. It's still in the same monomyth, still in the same story. I think Campbell was actually quite limited in his hero's journey understanding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, as much as I enjoy every so often reading some Campbell, he was, um, he was less skilled than Joyce or Tolkien at trying to rewrite the myths into a, mm -hmm. a sort of compelling story form. And and so I you know it, it, ironically I think one of the one of the, the the unfortunate things that's happened in the script writing stuff is they all took whatever that hero's journey was as their template their story template without understanding as Tolkien and Joyce clearly did the deep roots underneath it in um, Christ's story, which mm -hmm. maybe I mean maybe maybe this is what this is the the simplest version of what's going on is insofar as they're writing without true biblical knowledge, without true, you know, not just doctrinal, but but practical knowledge of what it's like to try to live within this liturgical and, and moral tradition. They're just making, mm -hmm. as like I said, I've already said it, they make the stories boring because they don't give you the actual deep tests that... God actually gives us. So it's the lack of trial that makes it useless. Yes. Well, I mean, they're, they're giving Galadriel like over the top trials that are too easy to, 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 to accomplish. Mm. But, hmm. Well, well, the definition of a trial is the test to, uh, see if something's good or bad or not or something's weak or strong or not you know so maybe this is the problem is that they're they're not real trials because there's no potential for failure well and then and then we find out the 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 uh necessity of free will in order for god to give us a proper <laughs> a proper Our Calvin, who knows a what is not going to be happy. Oh my! No, well, my Calvin. The, well, I mean, I'm a Calvin. You know, me, me, deep Calvinist. Um, I mean, Tolkien was as well because the thing that I m m dislike most in Jackson's scripts is the way in which he misunderstands the issue of free will and choice mm. and the decisions that the characters are actually making. And I'm guessing from the reviews that I'm reading of the Rings of Power that Galadriel doesn't seem to be having to make any decisions. She's just sort of having to rouse people by being upset. Dark Held keeps calling her the Karen. She knows she knows the right <laughs> decision and, and people just don't believe her and so she has to berate them for not behaving the way she wants, which just turns her into a mm -hmm you know, a, a nasty teacher trying to run a classroom rather than 
someone facing her own true challenges. So that's the, the so that's the difference. Then it's the decision. So they're writing. The, this is hilarious. They're writing <laughs> fem, feminist heroines that actually don't have agency. <gasps> that's hilarious. I think that that that's that's <laughs> wow. what we were. They're yes, they have no agency. What a waste have, of money. <laughs> they have no true agency. We've got no agency. I'm, 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 and we, and it only took us nearly two hours to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's irritating about her. Yep. Yep. There's no choice. There's no red pill, blue pill. There's no, like, uh, what if she doesn't make this correct decision or what happens if she makes the wrong decision? There's, it's. That's why they're irritating. They're irritating because they have no true agency. Mm. And that's why women irritate me when they go along with these uh, particular characters. Because women are not willing to admit that in order to be truly heroic, you need to have agency or at least you need to uh, you know, acknowledge that that's a part of being a, being a hero. There's choice. Men choose to be heroes or not. Galadriel and Ama doesn't. She just is. I think that's it. Well. <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very happy with this realization and recognizing that that is in fact the thing that bothered me and particularly in Jackson's portrayal of Aragorn that. Mm -hmm. Aragorn, in order to become king, has to choose in situations where he doesn't know what the right choice is. Mm -hmm. He can't even be sure himself that he's choosing, and particularly when they're trying to figure out whether to go with Sam and Frodo or with Mary, go after Merry and Pippin, because they don't know whether yes. Merry and Pippin are still alive, but they're supposed to be with Sam and, and Frodo in, in the sense of helping them get the ring to Mordor. And he has to choose, and he's not sure whether he's made the right choice. And that is mm -hmm. completely lost in the scene in, in the movies, because he just says, oh, they have their way to go, and we have ours. And that yes. is the real difficulty. The real problem is the lack of that uh, crisis mm. of choosing. Well, isn't that interesting that all the women now want my body, my choice? <laughs> and no choice, in fact. Yep. They don't want to make the choice. They want to make an anti-choice. Fuck. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> ah, no, it's, I think this is, this, is, this, is, this is good. And, of course, we say um, that Mary chose... This is the entire mystery yes. of the incarnation as medieval Christians understood it, is that God God sends the angel to Mary to say, um, you know, you found favor with God, and Mary has to give her consent. That's the 12th century meditation Bernard of Clairvaux makes famous, but is there in the meditations on what Mary suffers under the cross, she said yes. And when she said yes, she knew that was coming too that she's given mm -hmm. understanding 
and Simeon points out to her when she presents Christ in the in the temple to be circumcised that a sword will pierce through your own heart as well that that through that and it's like out of many hearts will be revealed I say I should know that mm. phrase perfectly but I, I I'm forgetting it because I'm so stunned at this this is this is the the, the realization that choice 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 and the problem with the feminist heroine journey as the script doctor is saying is that there's literally no choices which mm. is of course what the romance is always about as Jane Austen understood that the women have to know which one to say to, to choose which man yes. to in fact accept or or reject yeah you go for Wiggum he ruins your life <laughs> yeah you go for Darcy you argue a lot <laughs> you know it's like but that's what it is but there's a real that's choice the, yeah yeah there is there is a choice well i think that's that's a good place to have gotten to a very good place to have gotten to let's see if the ladies have any more comments yep. uh casey says anti-choice is a good word they seek to reverse creation yes Mel says patriarchy means there is a matriarchy. Well, that too as well. <laughs> well, I think this is a very good That's place to have gotten to. Mel. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is a very good place to have gotten to. Wrestled through it. Not all of the places that we thought were the problems, because in fact, we'll put we'll put Gladriel back up with her armor. Um, yeah. Not that she's wearing armor. Not that she's that she has these these battles. But in fact, that we can't see her beset with a real dilemma at any point mm -hmm. and therefore no actual choice to make. Should we leave them with this, th that thought for now? Yes. I thought, <laughs> of a I thought of, I thought of a phrase to, to leave off on that. Okay. What's the phrase for our feminists who really want to be saints? But instead of my body, my choice, it should be my icon, my choice. Because we're uh, we're icons in making, mm. but there is a choice involved in it. So, yeah. Galadriel does need to choose Iluvatar, mm. not Morgoth. And unless there's a real choice there, it's 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 just uh mary suing it through the whole thing <laughs> okay well gladriel's journey we've solved it <laughs> thank you thank you for joining us will do we have a topic for next time yet we'll tell you we'll tell you in the in the social media what the topic is coming up thank you for joining us